Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. A million little choices. Isn't that so true? You just feel like every single day is just decision, 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 choice after choice after choice. From the moment you wake up in the morning to the hour to two hours that it takes you to fall asleep at night, your mind is constantly faced with decisions. And that wouldn't be such a big deal if decisions weren't so important. But the truth is, Our choices determine the direction and the quality of our lives. The direction and the quality. Those are two vital words. Where where am I going with my life? The direction. What do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to accomplish with my life? What will my life look like? Will it be peaceful? Will it be chaotic? Will it be rich financially? Will it be rich relationally? Will it be full of regrets? Will it be full of just incredible stories? What will my life look like? And the truth is that our choices determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And it just puts this weight on us every single day that we're faced with to make the right choice time after time after time. Believe it or not, you are where you are in life, mostly because of the choices you've made. Now, that's kind of painful, right? Like, wait, 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 wait a minute. It, like, it can't just be all on me. Like, there's, there's things that happen in life. And you're totally right. There are external pressures. There's monumental moments that happen in your life. There's these situations that just pivot what happens in your life in the direction that you, you go and the choices that you make. You're totally right. Those play a part in it. But the reality is you and I are where we are because of the choices we've made. That doesn't minimize what's happened in your life. It doesn't minimize what you've gone through in your life. But the reality is that we all come face to face with challenges, with obstacles, with heartbreak, with pain, with opportunity. We come face to face with that together every day as people. And what determines our life is the choice that we make when we come face to face with those situations. Again, it's not minimizing what's happened in your life, but the reality is we all know people who have had terrible situations presented to them in life and some chose to push through and allow it to push them to something better. And we all know those who have chosen to give up and allow it to define them and their lives are lived as victims to what's happened to them. Our choices are so important. But let's let's give ourselves a little bit of a break here, right? Like, look, whew, that, that feels a little heavy. And we're starting a new series. And it's like, oh, Danny, like, man, we're just starting off like this. Let's give ourselves a break. Because you know what, I honestly believe that for the large majority of people in the world today, we are dealing with something that I referred to as decision fatigue. 
And I, I looked up the definition and it so perfectly articulates what it means. Decision fatigue refers to the deteriorating quality of decisions made by an individual after a long session of decision making. In other words, because of the amount of decisions we're having to make every single day, every moment, every waking hour, because of that, we start to have fatigue. We start to be worn out by the decisions that we have to make. And what happens is that eventually our strength, our prowess, our wisdom starts to erode because we've made so many decisions. And so the quality of our decisions is impacted. The quality of our decisions gets changed and interfered with because we're just simply tired. And can I be honest with you? Man, I've been there so many times in my leadership. I've been there so many times with, with the jobs that I've had. There's so many times in, in my family. And let me just be transparent with you. There's so many times right now in this season, especially in 2020, where I just have decision fatigue. I am so exhausted by all of the decisions. Decisions that I have to make for our church as a pastor. Decisions that I have to make as a husband for my family. Decisions that I have to make as a, as a father to my children. Decisions that I have to make as, as helping a family grow grieving a tragedy that happened earlier this year, decisions that I have to make as the landlord of a building with tenants who need a new roof and, and their air conditioner went out, and decisions that we have to make financially, and decisions that we have to make, and decisions and decisions and decisions, <sighs> right? It just feels exhausting in what's happened in my leadership, in my life. And maybe you're better than I am. But eventually I get to the point that I have made so many decisions that I just want to quit. Right. I, I just I don't want to make a call at anything else. I don't care what's for dinner. I don't care what's for lunch. I don't care if I gain 200 pounds. I don't care because it's another decision that I have to make because it's just Oh, exhausting. And I wonder if you're feeling that right now. I wonder if you're facing some of the decisions in your life and you're going, man, I'm just spent and I've got nothing left to give. The truth is that we allow the urgent decisions in our life to drain our decision making strength. I love the illustration and it's such a perfect illustration that if you have a jar that's empty and you've got some big rocks and some, some medium rocks and some small rocks and some dirt that all need to get into the, the jar. A lot of times what we do is we just take all the little stuff and we just get it in there. And then when we go to try to put the big rocks in, it's too full. But the secret to getting everything inside of that jar is that you start with the big rocks. You start with those big things that are most important and you fill the jar with those and then you let the small things just wiggle their way around where they have space. You let those big rocks take up the majority and the little ones, you just shake it around a little bit and it settles in a way that it all fills and that's how you fill the jar. But what you and I do so many times is that we let the little urgent things go into the jar first. And then when it comes to the big things, there's no energy, there's no strength, there's no wisdom, no mentality, no, no capacity left to make those decisions, 
right? Our day is filled with emails and, and phone calls and homework and projects and bosses wanting this and, and COs wanting this. And, and we're faced with all of these different things and they're just little urgent fires that have to be put out, little urgent rocks that try to fill the jar. And then when we get home, for the most important decisions that we need to make, we've got nothing left in the tank, right? You, you know what this is like? You've, you've spent your whole day putting out fires at work, putting out fires at school, putting out fires at, at whatever you're doing. And you get home and you're exhausted and you sit down on the sofa after the kids have gone to bed and, and your wife or your husband says, hey, we, we really need to talk about the credit card, right? We, we, we got to figure out how we're going to pay this off. Like it just keeps going up. And you're going, I've got nothing left, right? Your, your wife, your husband wants to talk to you. Hey, we, we got in a big fight last night and I, I really want to revisit it. I really think we need to settle it. But you've been filling your jar with all the little urgent things to the point that you're at your capacity for the day and you have nothing left to give. Decision fatigue. It happens to all of us. And the reality is, is that we have to get to a place when it comes to our decisions, to our choices, that we're able to take care of the most important things first. And I had this on my mind as we were coming in to the end of this year. And, and it was so amazing that one of my favorite pastors, one of my favorite authors was writing a book called Better Decisions fewer regrets. And it's a tiny little book that you can pick up on Amazon. It, it's super cheap and it's a super easy read. I think it's like a hundred pages, but it's just this book that's full, chock full of just great wisdom. And it's such an easy read. And actually what I wanted us to do is to look at some of the things that he talked about, because he says that there's five key questions that we can ask to help us make better decisions. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to share four of those with you. But instead of talking about the book, I want to take those four questions and tie it into what we see in the Bible, see about Jesus interacting with people and see what we can gain from the wisdom of Jesus's life, as well as tackling those questions. If you want the fifth one, you got to buy the book. We're going to cover four of them and we're going to do two of them today. And so the first one that we're going to talk about, you'll see it on the screen. It's the integrity question. Am I being honest with myself? Dot, dot, dot. Really? Am I being honest with myself? Really? Like for real, for real. That's what Brooklyn says when, when we tell her something. Is it for real, for real? Is that for real, for real? Are we being honest with ourselves for real, for real? Have you ever noticed that you have this incredible ability to help people know exactly what they need to do with their life? Like your friends and family, they come to you for advice and, and they're trying to figure out different things. And you're like a modern day Dr. Phil, just dropping nuggets of wisdom everywhere you go. And they've, they've given up on their therapist because you help them out so much more. And, and it's just like, it's incredible what you're able to just share with people and how you're helping them. And their lives are so much better because they're connected with you. But somehow that doesn't actually translate when it comes to leading yourself. Like for some reason, you can help people with their lives, but you can't take your own advice. You can't live out those same things. When it comes to figuring out your own choices, you don't have the same clarity for yourself 
that you do for other people. And there's a reason for that. I I believe it's because we can see what others need to do with their life because we have an outside perspective. Right. You're able to look at the the picture from a 20,000 feet angle. You're able to see what's going on in your friend, your family member's life. You see their pain, their frustration, what they're struggling with. And you get that. But you're also able to see the other side of the story because your emotions aren't tied up in this and your feelings aren't tied up into this. And so you can see the bigger picture. You can see the pieces and you understand why they're frustrated. But you you kind of understand this side of it, of what they need to do. And so it helps you shape your advice by understanding both sides. But when it comes to our own lives, when it comes to leading ourselves, it's hard to look past what's right in front of us. It's hard for us to pull back and look at the full picture when we're right in the center of the issue. And that's why self-leadership is so important. And, and the truth is that I believe that so many times when it comes to leading ourselves, we, we lie to ourselves we convince ourselves of, of things that just, they're simply not true. You're like, well, what do you mean? How, how, how do I do that to myself? Have you ever said something like this before? I'll give you a couple examples. Oh man, I'm, I'm on a diet and you know what? I did so good. I didn't have dessert at lunch. So I think it's, it'll be okay if I have it at dinner time. Like I, I did so awesome skipping at lunch. So dinner time, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't count as much. And it's like, Either you're not trying to eat dessert or you are trying to eat dessert. Like, it doesn't matter where you plan on eating two desserts, like lunch and dinner. Like, we're just, hey, we'll throw in breakfast. Why don't we? Like, why would we convince ourselves that if I didn't eat something I'm not supposed to at lunch, that it's totally okay because I crossed that finish line. But this one, it doesn't really count. Maybe you haven't done that, but I know I have done that one. Or how about this one? Man, I, I really don't have the money for this right now, but you know what? I get paid in two weeks, and, and I know that's, that's set aside for bills, but I get paid in two weeks, and, and it'll be okay because getting this right now will make me feel so much better. It will just make me feel so much better about life. It, it's, I've been wanting this for like all of two days, and I just can't wait anymore. So I, I, I just get it right now, and, and I'll figure it out later, right? We convince ourselves that it's okay because it's going to make us feel better. Or, or how about this one? Man, I need to go to bed. I've got a huge project, a huge presentation in the morning, and I need to be clear, but there's only two more episodes in the season. And I just, man, it would just be so awesome if I can just finish this season, and then I can really concentrate on work because I'll be done with this, this season. And then you wake up the next morning, and you're groggy, and you're in a funky mood, and you're like, oh should have went to bed early and it's like yes why did you convince yourself those episodes are going to be there tomorrow night after the presentation is done right we convince ourselves that we'll get to it it's okay this right now is more important than what's happening later it happens to to all of us but the truth is this healthy self-leadership is the key to sustained influence. Healthy self-leadership is the key to sustained influence. For so many of us, we we just buy into the stock of of the lie that our leadership is dependent, our influence is dependent on a position or a title of a rank of of this certain place that we can get in life. And the reality, it, it isn't. 
It's not based on a position. It's not based on a title. The truth is that the true measure of a leader is based on how well they can lead themselves. And that is so challenging and it's so difficult and it, it's a direct relation to how we make choices. And that's why we're doing this series, because if we can get better at making choices, we'll have fewer regrets, but we'll also be better as leaders. That's why it's so important for us to be honest with ourselves, to be able to, to look at ourselves in the mirror and ask, hey, why are you doing this really? And the author talks about that. That, that word really is, is important because just, just think about it in, in this context. Hey, hey, why am I avoiding him? Why am I avoiding her? Well, it, it, because they're kind of getting on my nerves and, and this is going on and, and I've just got a lot happening in life. And no, 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 no. Why, why are you avoiding him really? Well, there's some hurtful things that were said or I've got some past struggles in a relationship that I feel like there's some red flags happening here and, and it's just kind of throwing up the red flags in this relationship. So I, I think I'm just going to kind of like press pause on it or avoid them or do that. That's, it's totally fine. But let's answer the real question. Why, why are you really doing this? Why am I postponing this? Well, my schedule is full. I've got a lot going on. No, 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 no. Why are you postponing this really? Well, they really don't have that much value in my life. And, and there's other things I'd rather be doing. Okay, cool. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Look ourselves in the mirror. Look at ourselves and say, hey, why am I doing this really? Why, why, do, I, why do I keep making excuses? I, I just feel overwhelmed. Oh, that's cool. Why do you keep making excuses, really? Well, it's more than, than I'm overwhelmed. I'm dealing with some insecurities. I'm dealing with some fear. I'm, I'm dealing with the, whatever it is. The deeper answer to the question helps us get to the truth. Why did I purchase this? Why did I lease, lease this? Really? Well the, well, the car was broken. No, 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 no. Why? Well, I just wanted a new car and I wanted people to see my new car and I got a new job. Okay, okay. The truth is, until we get to the root of our decision making, we'll continue to convince ourselves to believe half truths. And that's just an unhealthy place for us to be. There's so much power in us looking in the mirror and saying, why am I doing this really? Am I being honest with myself first, really. There's a story in the Bible that I want to share with you today about a man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. If you went to Sunday school, you get it. Zacchaeus was this Jewish tax collector, which simply means that he, he collected taxes, sure, but who was he collecting taxes for? He was collecting taxes for the Roman Empire, this foreign government that had come in and taken over Israel. Like this was a bad deal. This was the definition of a traitor, someone who turned on his own people to work for this opposing government, probably to protect himself. So he made sure he didn't die. But he also had plans to to get really rich. 
Because you see how it worked was that Rome had a certain tax that they needed. But they didn't care if you got extra and you skimmed that off of the top. And so that's why these tax collectors were so hated. Because Zacchaeus, his goal was, hey, Rome needs 5%, but somehow I'm going to figure out how to get you to pay 8%, and I'm going to take that extra for myself. And this was lucrative. He made tons of money. He was extremely wealthy, but he was extremely hated. He lived his life lying to himself that this is okay. This is totally worth it. I know I'm cheating my own people, but it's totally worth it because I'm getting rich. I'm safe from the government because I'm working for them. Like they won't kill me because I'm working for them. This is, this is how I need to live my best life by doing this. But somewhere, somewhere in his story, somewhere in the rumors of Jesus, somewhere in the message in the life of what was happening in Israel with Jesus walking the streets, walking through the city, somehow it got to him and somehow something inside snapped. And he said, enough. Enough is enough. I no longer want to live this life of sin. I don't want to keep doing this. I need to see this man that I'm hearing these rumors about. I have got to to do something different with my life. I believe he started to ask himself, why am I doing this? Really? Why am I doing this? Listen to what happens in the story. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. In the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus, who was a supervisor over all the tax collectors. He was way up. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. And he kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man. He was a wee little man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. This is a really important verse. Don't miss this. I think so many times we miss this in, in Sunday school. Verse four. So he ran on ahead of everyone and he climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed. You see, Zacchaeus did whatever it took just to get a glimpse of what his life could look like on the other side of what it had been. He ran. This was, if you remember the story of the prodigal son, the father running to the son, Jewish men didn't run. It was an embarrassment. It was unaccepted. It was just, it was so demoralizing. You do not run. It's not something that you do. And here he is. He runs past the crowd. Surely the crowd is looking around going, what is that little tax collector? He's running. What is going So he's, he's a rich, wealthy Man, even though he's hated, there's respect for him because of who he is and and the power of how he's connected to Rome. And here he is running. What is he doing? And then they look and they see him climbing up a tree. And this this was huge because you don't climb. Jewish men, they didn't run. They don't climb a tree like that's super weird. But it's more practical than that. These guys were rolling around commando. Right. So when he climbed up into the tree, he was exposing himself to everyone below. So here it is, this rich man running, climbing a tree, exposing himself to a community just for a glimpse of Jesus. Just for a glimpse of Jesus. And I, I, I just wonder for, for some of us, 
Have you ever had a moment like that? Have you ever had a moment that you were so compelled to do whatever it took in order to live a life of integrity? Have you ever had that moment where you said, it doesn't matter what it costs me. It doesn't matter who I have to offend. It doesn't matter what, how I have to embarrass myself. I have got to get to a place that I live a life that is full of integrity. I would do whatever it takes. That's where Zacchaeus was. That's what Zacchaeus was was facing. He said, you know what? I'm throwing it all out the window. I need to see Jesus. And I just wonder what it would look like for you and I in our lives to embrace that kind of passion, that desperation to live a life of integrity and honesty. What would you be willing to do? This leads us to our our second decision, the second question that will help us make better decisions in our lives. And it's this one. It's the legacy question. What story do I want to tell with my life? What story do I want to tell with my life? That word legacy feels so heavy today. Like right? it just seems so into the future that we're, we're, we're like, man, that's a little weighty for us to try to deal with every day. But the reality is our decisions today impact what happens tomorrow. It's the stepping stones of what our future looks like. It doesn't mean that the story can't change, but the reality is the decisions we make right now are impacting our future. And could you imagine Zacchaeus sitting there picturing and fast forwarding his life 20 years. And he's sitting there in this monumental house, this mansion alone and hated, full of riches that he has no one to share it with because he's pushed himself so far out of his own tribe, out of his own community of people in order to make this money that he has no one to do life with. Could you imagine as he he started to picture the pain that he had caused his own people? Could you imagine the pain that would sink into his heart when he realized that maybe he had done it to some of his own family? And here he is acquiring everything that he was hoping to when he started out in this plan. But what it cost him in the end was never really worth it. So he's picturing the story playing out in his life. And I wonder what would happen for you and I if we started to do the same thing. Think about how your story would play out if it continued on where it is. For some of you, we know your marriage is is struggling. Your marriage is on the rocks. Let's play the story out, right? Fast forward two years from now. Your marriage is on the rocks and you just you keep ignoring the signs. You keep pushing past. No, no, we're not going to do counseling. No, we're not going to do this. No, we'll just figure it out. And, and you slowly start growing further and further and further and further apart. And eventually someone just breaks and, and either there's uh, an affair that happens or, or a emotional connection with someone that happens that that's at work or in the park. And eventually... It comes on the table, you know what, I just think we need to get divorced. And the divorce happens and, 
and then your kids are split up and they're living in two homes and then eventually they're introduced to, to step parents coming into the picture and and then they kind of grow up in that home where they kind of live here and they kind of live there and maybe they move states and you're living in different places and it's just this kind of circle of everything that's happening and they grow up and the reality just just the facts the statistics show that so many families, so many kids that grew up in a home that they had, their parents were divorced, a lot of times, a huge number, they actually get divorced themselves. So it just perpetuates this cycle in your family. And listen, this isn't judgment on whether or not you should get divorced. And I'm not talking about all that. I'm just saying play out your story and what can happen. How about another situation? You're, you're dealing with some bad habits and, and you just, they just keep getting worse. And the reality is you just keep going down this road and, and you keep making excuses. And it's like, no, 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 it, it, I'm fine. It's just because of this season. It's just a hard season. It's just a challenging season. And, and I'll get through it and it'll totally be fine. And, and I'll get on the other side of it. It's just this. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And, and the reality is this leads down to a road where you're making more and more compromises that pull you away from who you really want to be. Just play out the story. Hit fast forward on what your life looks like if you just continue to make decisions the way that you're making them. For some of you, it's an incredible story. But for some of us, we're struggling. And we're struggling in this season and we're allowing this season to define what's going to happen if we stay on that same path, if we let that story fast forward. For some of you, maybe you're, you're dating that guy, you're dating that girl, and, you know, it's, it's fun. It's all good, but, like... They don't value the same things that you value and and your morals are different and you're, you're kind of making compromises here and there and you're doing things that, I mean, it's fun in the moment, but you don't really want to do it. And you, it just doesn't feel 100 percent right. And maybe your family's going, hey, you, this is not the one like this isn't the one and you're like, no, 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 it's really good. It's, you know, I mean, there's some things, but no, it's, it's totally good. And, and you don't know. You can't tell me what to do. I'm the of my own ship. I'm going to do what I want to do. And here you go. Fast forward the story two, three years later, and maybe you're engaged. Maybe you're still dealing with those issues. And it's like, I mean, we should get married because we've been together for this long. But is this really what I wanted my life to look like? Is this really the person that I wanted to stand before God and everyone and make this commitment to be committed to them for the rest of my life? Do, do I really want to, to go down that road? You fast forward your life. And I can talk about this one because, man, this was me. I was in a, a three-year relationship where I just, I knew. I knew this wasn't ever going to work. Like, we were just... We had fun, but there was just this opposite goals in life, opposite perspective in life. And and honestly, as close as I am to my family, it pulled me and it started to deteriorate my relationship with my family, which should have been a huge red flag. But I stayed in this relationship for three years knowing, man, I'm not going to marry this girl. And so I ended up wasting three years in damaging relationships and, and dealing with all kinds of heartbreak and making excuses for why she did things that she did and why I did things that I did. And, and just all the excuses piled up and eventually it just crumbled. And it's three years of my life that were gone. Now, hear me out. My story ended up incredible because I ended up marrying the greatest wife of all time. Right. Like beautiful, smart, brilliant 
talented. Like it worked out okay. So I'm not saying that if you go down this path that life is now over. But the reality is, are you making choices that are pushing you towards the story that you want to tell? When you fast forward the timeline, when you pull forward in the story, in the direction you're heading right now, what's the ideal end? Like if everything went right, what would it look like? Now look at the other side, because we know nine times out of 10, you're not going to get the ideal ending. What's the more likely ending to the story if you continue the direction that you're going? And again, for some of you, you're heading in the perfect direction. You're doing incredible things. But for a lot of us, there's so many times in our life that our choices are pushing us towards a story that we really don't want to tell. And we have an opportunity to change the story just like Zacchaeus did. Zacchaeus had had enough. It was over. He was done with this. He wanted to change his story. Let's jump back in. Verse five. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and he came face to face with Jesus. I love that description. He just came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this. Of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to go eat in the house of a crook. Now, we're not going to go into this. We don't have the time for it. But I just want to remind you, don't forget that there will always be haters when you decide to change your story. There's always going to be those people who were upset because the way your story was going was the direction they wanted to head with their life. But your responsibility is to head towards the story that you want to tell with your life through your relationship with Jesus. Don't let the haters keep you from the story that you want to tell with your life. Verse eight, Zacchaeus joyfully welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and he said, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And the and Lord, if, if I've cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, this shows that today life has come to you in your household. For you are a true son of Abraham. The son of man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. Listen, guys, those of us who call ourselves Jesus followers, don't ever miss the point of Jesus's life. It was to seek and save the lost, the people like Zacchaeus, who had made choices for so long that pulled him away from the story that God ultimately wanted him to tell with his life. Zacchaeus says, man, I'll give half of my money. The money doesn't matter. I will do whatever it takes to get back to a life of integrity, to get back to a life that tells the story I want to tell with my life. I'm done. I'm done with all of this other stuff, Jesus. I want to live my life for you. Isn't that so powerful? Isn't that so amazing? And it's this truth. This is the reminder that your previous story doesn't determine your future potential. Your previous story doesn't determine what has to happen on the other side. Now, yes, 
We do have to deal with the consequences of the choices that we make in our previous life, in our present life. We have to deal with those consequences, but it doesn't determine our future potential. Jesus can redeem what has happened in our lives and he can help us get back to a life that is a story worth telling. That's a life full of integrity and honesty. So let's put a bow on today. Let's wrap it up. When you come face to face with a major decision, those, those, those decisions that you have to make the right call, start with the integrity question and then continue with the legacy question. It's as simple as this. I need to make a call on this. Am, am I being honest with myself about this decision? Really? Really, 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 for real, for real. Am I being honest with myself? And then continue on. Is this pushing me towards the story that I want to tell with my life? And if it is, if the answer is yes, then the answer is simple, it's clear. You move forward. If the answer is no, the answer is clear. You don't move forward. You make a different decision. You choose something else. If the answer is, I don't really know, it's kind of yes and it's kind of no, then come back next week and we'll look at two more questions that can help clarify our decision making. Guys, I believe that God will help you through the rest of this year and heading into a brand new year in just a couple months. He will help you become the best decision maker that you've ever been in your life so far. That as we do these, as we tackle these questions, as we look ourselves in the mirror and we're honest with ourselves before we're honest with anyone else, if we just speak truth and allow God to speak through us, let the Holy Spirit impact our hearts. When we do that, we'll start to see better decisions coming through our lives and fewer regrets. Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for this this reminder, this story of Zacchaeus that for so many we heard in Sunday school. And it was a cute little story of how you forgive uh, you forgave a man who just had a terrible life, honestly. But Lord, I thank you that as we look at his story, we realize that he was done living a life that was far from you. He was done living a life that lacked integrity and he was done living a life that wasn't telling the story he hoped he would be able to tell at the end of his life. And so God, I pray for every one of us. We're, I pray for every person who's just dealing with decision fatigue. God, they're so worn out. And it gets to a place where they just don't even care anymore what happens because they've just, they're just exhausted from making choices. And so, God, I pray that you would give us supernatural strength, but supernatural clarity to be able to see where we need to draw more integrity out of ourselves and where we need to look at our legacy and the story that we're telling as we're carrying your name into our life. God, help us to tell better stories with our lives help us to make choices that push us closer to our purpose, closer to you, and closer to a life full of integrity and adventure. God, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in your strong name. Amen.
We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.